One of my earliest memories when, when I was really young is they showed that moment, the transformation moment. So you see the moon and it's like a trick for the audience because they want all the kids to be like, it's E.T. And then it ends up being that moment. And it was scary for a kid <laughs> to see that on the stage as well, it happening. Yeah, I mean, absolutely a five. I mean, you've got no choice, have you? You've got to watch it at home. I mean, you could watch it on a projector and hire some rowdy kids to come around and throw popcorn at your head and something like that. I don't know. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Flitchwatch Podcast. Today I'm joined by Neil. Hey. David. Hello. And Helen. Oh. <laughs> and Helen has just exposed her werewolf within, because we're talking about werewolves within. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are David and Neil. Over to you, please, David, to tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Yeah, so I am David. I'm, well, I was a camera op working with Neil for a very low down Sky TV <laughs> channel. Like one of those, if you was to just keep scrolling on Sky, you just scrolled all the way, you'd eventually get to some of my camera camera work. When you say that, does that mean it was like a, is one that did mainly reality TV? Because... You know what, worse, just keep going. You've not gone, you've not scrolled far enough. Worse than reality. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. let's, let's, let's roll it back, roll it back, roll it back. Not quite that far. But anyway, I was a camera op for that. I now do digital content creation, primarily for NHS services in private sector healthcare and pod on the side, because I love talking about movies, mainly horror, but everything else is my jam. Well, we are talking about ostensibly a horror today. We'll get into that discussion, I'm sure, later on. And we'll go to you, yourself, Neil. And it seems, well, you, this, I mean, you, you, can quite, you, can, you can clarify from this. This seems like another Lockdown Baby podcast of which there's been quite a few. But Neil, introduce yourself, introduce the pod and anything else you want to tell us about. Hi, yeah, I'm, I'm Neil. Yeah, it, 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 I think, well, me and David kind of, as you said, we used to work together at the same company and then we were actually working in the same building even when we weren't working for the same company. And everyone used to, we just stand there. And we, one of the reasons you actually left the building was you weren't getting any work done because we would just stand around and talk about TVs and movies all the time. And other people in the building would just say, well, guys, you know, you should do a podcast. And this was before COVID. And then when COVID happened, we were just like, we should finally just do it. And we, you know, had no idea what we was doing, bought a mic each. We, we've actually never done the pod in the same place. We've always done it remotely. And we've been doing it about two and a half years now. So we're... I think we're up to about our 62nd, 63rd episode now. And uh, we've got, we, generally it's just me and David talking about what we've watched, what we like watching and what we've seen at the cinema or what we've seen on streaming recently. But we are trying to branch out a bit now. We've had our first couple of guests on. We had a crime author who lives locally that we had on to talk about books. We just had our first big interview. We had the editor of Killing Eve on, Dan Crinian. And so we're kind of starting to get a bit of uh, steam behind it and taking it a bit more, oh, actually, you know, people are listening now and we are getting more followers. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's fun. That's the main reason we do it as well. One thing I'd say to anyone who wants to get guests on is like, try, just try and just be, be nice 
and don't expect bigger names to necessarily say no. And don't expect smaller names to be more likely to say yes either. And <laughs> even by smaller names, I mean just friends as well. <laughs> People, you know, have a go. But one episode I was listening to you guys, I think it was David saying you don't like the cinematic experience as much. You've only had like two cinematic, good cinematic experiences. And one was when there was no one there. Uh, you were there by yourself watching the artist. That is pretty, pretty correct. My problem with the cinema is other people. <laughs> I, I just hate people. I'm not a people person. Like, you know, you guys are lovely, lovely chaps. You know, I get, I'll get along with people, but I can't. But when, oh, do you know what? It's, it's the crunching popcorns, it's the slurping drinks. And then you've always got a couple of teenagers in there that are going to be like joking around making, I genuinely think I've only ever had two honestly enjoyable cinema experiences. One was to see The Artist because nobody else wanted to see it. I saw it at the cinema. <laughs> Literally dead cinema experience. A whole place to myself. Loved it. Second was, it was actually a packed cinema, but everybody was engrossed and loved what we were watching. And it was an amazing film, which was Dune. Okay, so recent. More recently. Okay. okay. But yeah, no, school, small screen experience all the way. I've never heard that take before from <laughs> someone who's ostensibly a, a pop culture cinephile. In that this, I mean, a lot of people say, I mean, we, we're going to talk about the small screen experience here with Netflix. So it would be interesting to see how, how you talk about that. But I was quite shocked that you say, you was like, no, no, I want to watch it at home. I'm very much a person that would rather wait for it to come out <laughs> than wait for it to be streaming somewhere than to, to go and put myself through having somebody annoy me in some way by being in the cinema. Neil's the complete opposite. Yeah, I go multiple every week minimum, sometimes multiple times a week. I had a run at the start of the year where I think I went, I saw seven films in five days. Mm. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I, I, love, I just go there to relax. I can turn my brain off. It doesn't matter what I'm watching. And I think you go to the wrong cinema, David. I honestly do. The one I go to. I go to the same one you do. It's the time, though. You go to the earliest screenings. I'll always go to the latest screening possible. I went to see Mario Brothers the other week. Two kids in there and all really sheepishly looking adults going, oh, yeah, well, you know, we didn't think there'll be kids here, so we, we can go and see it now at the half nine screening. I thought of a third film, Endgame, just because everybody there was just crazy. And it was the midnight showing and, this like, you know, it was that hype experience, which was better than just, like, the two or three that are just annoying in the corner. <laughs> Endgame, the, the, the last most recent Star Wars Spider-Man film, like things like Gravity. If I saw Gravity for the first time on a small screen, I'd be like, what is this nonsense film? But in the cinema, it's like, what is this amazing film? Yeah. But let's talk about the films on Netflix. Neil, you chose Werewolves Within. Can you tell us first of all why you chose it? And then I'll get your 60 second timer, <laughs> in which time you can give us the synopsis. Well, I think I picked it because it's, it's just a really rare example of a good modern day, low budget B movie. You know, it mixes horror and comedy really well. Oh, was he after Sam Richards? He feels like you've taken his character from Veep and mm -hmm. just dropped him into a murder mystery. You know, you've got a cast littered with comedic characters like former SNL Michaela Watkins, and uh, you've got from what we do in the shadows, Harvey Gillen. And I think you just need more films like this that cost very little money. I mean, yeah, six and a half million its budget was, and yet they're still really well made with a good script and great direction. It's very rare you get a film with, and as uh, me and David were saying offline earlier, it didn't feel like a cheap film. It didn't feel like a B movie, but it just it was just a really well-made little, little gem, I thought. Okay, and your timer starts now for the synopsis. 
So it stars Sam Richardson as a park ranger, Thin, who has just moved to the small town of Beaverdale. He has a meet-cute with local postal worker Cecily, played by Miliana Vantrub, and as events unfold, they and a colourful cast of local townsfolk end up barricaded in a building overnight with speculation mounting that one of them is definitely a werewolf. So think a low-budget cross of Clue with a bit of Agatha Christie mixed with a werewolf film. Think Knives Out if the murder at the end might also be a werewolf. Sounds like you practised that. Mm. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, had you seen this before? What were your thoughts? I've not seen it. I've never heard this before. And I only discovered that it's based on a video game. So, yeah, I've never heard of it before. You know, I like werewolves. I like (laughs) funny comedy. I like those things. I liked some of it. Some of as I will come into sort of getting into it, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure it quite hit the mark for me. But there was a lot of things that I did like. I particularly loved hearing Ace of Base, which I'd not heard for a long, long time. That is good. And the Chekhov's snowshoe was a a, a nice touch. And Chekhov's throwing axe as well. Yep, there's a lot lots of those in there, and there was some nice kind of like unexpected gory moments in there. But I. Never seen any of the cast before, so they were all complete. You've not seen Sam Richardson before? No. I don't oh, know where I would have seen him. Michael Cherno? No. I, the is only that... one I've seen is Harvey Gillen, obviously from What We Do in the Shadows, which I really like, but everyone else was a newbie. So I was like, I don't know. They could all die because they're all equally as non-famous to me. So they've all got <laughs> like low stakes in this one. Anyone could be the werewolf. Anyone could die. David, had you heard of Sam Richardson before? Uh, only in one other thing. And I can't remember what that thing is. I, he, he was a face that I recognised more than a name that I recognised. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a film that you've seen, Helen, that you didn't like, which is Promising Young Woman, which he was in. He's in that. He's in he that. must have a small bit. Well, he's, he's one of the guys that takes advantage or tries to take advantage. And also he's in Veep. And he was in an episode or two of uh, Ted Lasso. And it's been in other things as well. But he's generally like, yeah, as Neil said, in Veep, he plays one of my favourite people <laughs> just generally he's just a bit of a buffoon but then he also does have an edge when he's when he's allowed to have an edge but he does play this kind of oafishly goofy character also he was in the after party which is one of my favourite TV shows of last year which is absolutely like beautiful so as soon as I saw him on the screen I was like yourself and I've never heard of this film and sometimes when people suggest a film I've not heard of I'm like oh for fuck's sake what is <laughs> what are we gonna what are we gonna watch this and then Sam Richards came on the screen and I was like okay yeah Let's do this. Let's do this. It can't be as bad as I thought it was going to be based on that. But David, had you heard of this before? Had you played the game? I hadn't. I hadn't played the game and I hadn't heard of the film until about 10 o'clock last night when (laughs) Neil Ramay told me that I have to watch it. (laughs) So promptly got it in before the episode started recording. And I was pleasantly surprised by it, if I'm honest. I really enjoyed it. The actress that... Milena Weintraub. Yes, I'm. Th- I'm thankful you pronounced. That it's not name, Wein- but... It's not even Weintraub, is it? Something else, Trub. Milena Weintraub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd not seen her in anything else similar with most of the cast, but she felt like such a familiar. Like I've been seeing her in everything else. Like I've seen her in so many other TV shows and movies as bit parts and everything else before. But but because she felt like such a familiar character to me, and that I genuinely loved that. I loved her. I did guess the ending, and Neil can vouch for me on this because I texted him right at the very beginning of the film, and I guessed who the werewolf was, literally like ten minutes into the film. 
And I messaged you back saying, just enjoy the film. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy, enjoy, watch it, enjoy it. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. I still did. I still did. Even, even though it was like, it, it was like pretty clear. And I, I don't want to just be like, oh no, it was so clear, you know. I did genuinely think it was her. And I can, I have my reasons why as well. Well, we can talk about that in a bit. And I think my main challenge I had with her was that it was a bit, was a trope called Helen that became um, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, is that kind of which I think is probably why he felt is quite recognisable. Yes, David. In that, yeah, yeah. In that, and she, but she called it out on that. She said, "You think girls like me who like kombucha and talk about blah 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 are into you? That kind of thing." So I think I thought that was quite a nice way of like pulling that manic picture dream girl aspect in, and then like completely flipping it. But I, I thought it was her because just because just due to process of elimination, in that it definitely wasn't Sam Richardson because he literally arrived, and the other guys have been there for a while apart from her and the oil guy and the oil guy seemed to not benefit from it so it's just like well it's probably her then <laughs> and it was the the hunter guy was obviously not going to be him because that was just yeah. a massive he was your big red, red herring. herring yeah and the i thought the the owner of the lodge the female owner of the lodge is it daniela was her character name janelle Jan- yes yes thank Janine. you that was it yeah she was a massive red herring as well but yeah i also felt like she was the killer or the the werewolf, I should say. Well, there, actually, she, there was turned out to be multiple killers, which I don't, kind of don't want to spoil in the end because it all turns into a bit of chaotic, a, a bit of a chaotic town in the end. Well, I left thinking, how's this town going to function? Because it only had like eight people in it already, and then there's less, far less than eight at the end. I'm not going to try and <laughs> explain that. And who's going to stay at that nice uh, hotel that Janine has? Neil, so you've seen this? You have you seen this before? You chose it for us. Yeah, I saw it uh, drop straight on Netflix and I was checking on it. It didn't even have a cinema release in the UK. It just dropped straight during the pandemic, drops on Netflix. I thought, oh yeah, it looks, looks fun. And I, yeah, I quite enjoyed it the first time. Then as again, when I, I think it must have been, I think I got my parents to watch it in the pandemic as well at one point. They just like, because <laughs> you, you start running out of content to watch as well. So you're just like, oh, look, it's, 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 it's only just over an hour and a half. It's funny. It's not too gory, mum. Honestly, it won't be that bad. And it was fine. And then I just, when it popped up again, because it kind of comes and goes and it popped up on the homepage again a few months ago. And I was like, I'm going to watch it again. And then so I've watched it three times now, <laughs> once again for the uh, for this as well recently. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it's the whole B-movie thing. Me and David were talking about this before that Netflix, you have such, so now there's so many really poor quality films on there that they kind of recommend because you like one good film. I always use the example, my dad, he loves his war films. He loves his, anything that's got a sniper in it. And then you look at his recommendations now and every picture is a guy holding a rifle on it. And I'm like, <laughs> Dad, they just keep recommending you the same films, you know. Watch the um, werewolf one instead. It'll exactly. improve your recommendations. <laughs> well, I think it'll recommend you more. There was a, a film called There's Something Sound. And I think that's one thing they, they do get good with the algorithms is if you watch a few more sort of independent or lower budget films, it'll recommend more independent and lower budget films. And I'm trying to remember, there was, there's, you know, it's, it's like the beta test, Jim Cummings film, where there's all these other really good, like, low-budget... Indi- I don't know if it's on Netflix yet, okay. but it's exactly the kind of film I'd expect to see popping up on there, soon too. But again, like this, that not really anyone had heard of, had a really limited run in the cinema, and then it comes on there, and you're like, oh, this is actually really good. You've mentioned a few times this film being a B-movie. I'd argue that it's not a B-movie, which is maybe a wider conversation as to what a B-movie is now, anyway. You know, not what it was. Yeah, when you said B-movie, I wasn't necessarily... I was like, it's not really schlocky. I think it has quite an interesting premise. 
And like you said, it was shot well, but not sure, I'm not sure what is a, I'm trying to think of what would be a, a B movie so by today's standards. I know there's a film coming, there's a French film coming out by the director who was formerly known as Mr. Wazo. That's coming out. In, oh, Quentin Duplex. Yeah. Oh, w. yeah. <laughs> bleu. So, so I know there's a film that was a trailer, which I saw recently, where I thought this looks like a B movie. Like, is that going to be horrific or the best film, film ever? But this didn't feel like it because it's had... It's quite polished. It's quite, yeah, and I I think their ambitions are are quite high with it. And they had enough money for Icefall to sign. I think that was our um, our argument, wasn't it? That's what makes it not a B-movie. So a B-movie for me is a low-budget film, but also a poor quality made low-budget film. I'm not sure it needs to be poor quality made. Like, for instance, like the Sharknado films. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, you know, like that's... eight-legged freaks, those sort of movies. I've got, I got time for eight-legged freaks. I, I quite like eight-legged freaks, but I'd still consider it a B movie. You know, those sort of like the Tommy Wiseau film that's coming out. Oh god! Yeah. So like the new oh, one the, where it was like there's a sh- another one coming. He's out. making an. It's... Yeah, he's making another one. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? It's something to do with a shark in the bayou, and everyone's just like, if he doesn't say "hi shark" in it, then what's the point <laughs> of the film? <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised he's still alive. No one knows how old he is, do they? Anyway, yeah. that's another film. It's definitely uh, a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of this, the Neil, had you played a game? So I guess you just didn't, no one knew, so no one knew this was a game, no one knew anything about this, the background for this? I knew it was a game when I saw Ubisoft presents. I was like, okay, because they had a company that makes you know, the Assassin's Creed games and all that kind of stuff. I, I was like, oh, Ubisoft has started making, fine, good, why not? They make but some good games. I think games. from the film, you wouldn't have known it was based on a game, would you? Like, no. There was nothing about it at all that makes you, oh, this is based on a video game. I wouldn't even know how that game plays. I mean, like, I, just having a look, and I think it's quite simple in in that it's a town, and you have to guess who the werewolf is in in kind of a game format. So presumably, you you can play different characters, maybe. So it's quite extracted from the actual gameplay, then, not like uh, the Last of Us, for example, where it is the story of the of the game that's been played out across TV series. Okay, but it's, it's funny you mentioned it like, with the video game thing. I mean, this was the highest rated video game adaptation into a movie for ages on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. However, I think that's probably changed now with The Last of Us coming out this year because obviously I know it's TV, but yeah, it's and obviously I think Super Mario's just come out and that's that destroyed everything at the box office. But it's funny because the critics don't seem to be as high on it, but the audience reaction is through the roof on it. How oh, is it? Yeah, I saw it and I think it was the most packed I've seen in the cinema since probably June or Spider-Man No Way Home the other weekend. And again, I went to a late screening of it and it was just all adults there leaving the kids at home to see it. And also, I think how short it is, 93 minutes, I think, new Super Mario Brothers film is. So, uh... They've also played, because I, I can't think of anything that's, the last big film was John Wick from a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? So I think that might have died out from of interest. I think they timed it right. Timed it perfectly, yeah. Guys, I think I just want to say before we head to the scores. I mean, the general question is, where do you stand on werewolves in film and or TV generally? Helen? Love them. <laughs> and is that based on Twilight series? Oh, uh, no, I mean, we, we've, we've, I've only seen the first one and they yeah, don't feature that heavily, but I mean, like American Werewolf, The Howling, that kind of stuff, that, those kind of special effects, like, blew my mind when I, when I saw them for the first time. And obviously, like, I like the comedy werewolves from what we do in the shadows. They, mm-hmm. They're good laugh. I mean, you kind of feel a little bit sorry for werewolves because they, a human and then they turn into werewolves and they lose their clothes and sometimes they can't really remember what they get up to and then they're back in a human again and then 
and then there are werewolves. There's werewolf in Bram Stoker's Dracula. So they're kind of, I think they're a little bit like misunderstood sometimes because they can't really <laughs> control themselves and the only cure is really to die. So well, yeah, I think they're Cecily's a little bit misunderstood be, maybe. Cecily's werewolves seem to have a bit of uh, agency, didn't she? She seemed to be like placed herself at the place so that she could feed and she planned ahead like, Oh, she was well into it. She loved being a werewolf. She had no problems. She was not misunderstood at all. (laughs) David, werewolves in films. I could give or take them. I think in horror films are really difficult to actually make frightening. Mm. I think there's only been one film, which was like Annabelle Comes Home, maybe. If, If anyone's seen that, where there's like a very slight werewolf moment in that. I mean, there's loads of random stuff that goes on in that film. It's it's very different to the rest of them. And that is genuinely quite a frightening moment with a werewolf. But this werewolf film felt more like Teen Wolf. Mm. You know, <laughs> with, with Michael J. Fox. Like, once the werewolf transformation had happened, I, I felt like I was just watching a slightly more scary version of him as, as Teen Wolf. So it's definitely not the scariest monster or like universal monster classic universal monster that you've that you've got but but i still like them like i agree i feel like they're, they're misunderstood creatures they just need some love neil i was going to say an american wealth in london absolutely petrified me because i saw it when i was way too young to see it i remember at the time my parents were painting my room when i was a kid and it was on bbc one late one night and my dad was watching it so I'm just sat there on the sofa trying to sleep and then I also like watching it out of the corner of my eye. And when they get to that forest transformation scene, that was it. I think it was like nightmares for about a month afterwards. I must have been about eight or nine when I saw it. And it was probably until maybe four or five years ago, I finally got around to watching it from the start all the way through again properly. <laughs> that scene, the forest transformation, has anyone ever been to Universal Studios in Orlando? Uh, yes. Have you? Did you ever go to the like the the horror makeup show that they have there? No, I just went on. I was in there for a day, so I made sure I hit. I think it's gone now. The Back to the Future ride. Yeah, one of my earliest memories when I, when I was really young is they showed that moment, the transformation moment. So you see the moon, and it's like a trick for the audience because they want all the kids to be like, "It's ET, yeah, yeah," like, and then it ends up being that moment. And it was scary for a kid <laughs> to see that on the stage as well. It happening, it, it, yeah. I don't know how they let how they let children in there to, to watch that. They're paying punters. They're bringing the adults. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, guys, let's head to the scores. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places and we'll start with you, please, Neil, with your recommendability. I'm going to give this a four out of five, purely because I think it's a little gem of a B-movie that not a lot of people, like you said, will have heard of. And when you're doom scrolling through Netflix late one night and going, oh, 
this is actually a film that's worth your time that I think you should stick with. David? I'd give it probably a bit less. I'd say maybe like a 3.5 around that mark. I did enjoy it quite a lot. So I'm, I'm not like, by any means, don't recommend this film. And I think it is a film that quite a lot of audiences can enjoy. It's not like a just for your horror fans. It's not a just for your comedy fans. It's very much a film that most audiences can enjoy. But yeah, just a 3.5. I felt like it could have lent more into one of those elements better. Maybe the horror element or the comedy element, instead of just sort of pandering out into neither being excellent at, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, that's obviously your opinion, man. Helen. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I felt that it wasn't quite funny funny and then it wasn't quite in the horror so it was a bit like it's it's in it's in between those two and it did feel a little bit like it was a bit of a stretch tv episode in that so the the story just about quite fitted but that said like it's one hour 36 minutes it's pretty light and funny and it's not too taxing on the brain so yeah i'm gonna go 3.5 as well i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go 4.1 Mainly because I think very few people have heard of it or seen it, so I'd probably like champion it above other films and say, "Look, have, have a go. It's going to be it's going to be light and frothy. It's not going to it's not going to tax you. You're not going to be annoyed by it heavily. So it makes it quite easy to recommend. This. It's not too gory. It's not ex- extremely sexy. It's got I got I sort of sign. Which at the point she said, or he said, this is very nineties, isn't it? I was like, what what are you going to play? That's like going to be exactly nineties. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. That's it. <laughs> That's a super 90s thing. So yeah, 4.1. Repeat viewing score. Neil, you've seen it three times. Yeah, so... Yeah, exactly. I'm going to give it a 4.3. Purely because, like I say, I, I think it is one of these films that, if you enjoy it the first time, I, I always feel like any good who done it, despite David guessing who it was in the opening scene, any good who done it, it's great to watch a second time and again, because you can spot all the way they've laid the clues in. I mean, there's a lot of not even layered clues. It's like fairly obvious when you watch it a second time who the werewolf is in it. But I just enjoy that watching it and trying to figure out who the killer is. And then, you know, it's, it's just when you're watching it that second or third time, you're then going, okay, now how have they put it together? And I think it gives you a bit more ideas into how the filmmakers constructed the story when you can see how they've done it. So uh, yeah, I give it a, a 4.3. David? I give it a slightly higher one than my previous score, I'd give it about a four for rewatchability, mainly because I want to show it to the wife downstairs because I watched it on my own. And I kind of want her to watch it now and see what her opinion is of it as well. And like you've mentioned, it was it's a short film. It's an easy watch. It is very much a film that you could just sort of throw on, not have to pay much attention to and still enjoy it. And like Neil mentioned, one of those sort of any sort of murder mystery-esque type thing, whodunit, you always look for the clues afterwards, the little subtle hints. And this is very much one of those. So yeah, four. Helen. Yeah, I mean, it's super short. So you're not going to like lose two hours if you rewatch it. Even though I wasn't like down on it that much for the recommendability, probably give it like a three. I'd watch it again. And yeah, I'd kind of like want to see it maybe if it could be a TV series. I kind of feel that little 20 minutes every now and again of this would quite suit me. But yeah, I'd say three. Yeah, if I'm looking for a Sam Richardson, Michael Chernow fix, then I might go for this again. I can't see myself working too much. Let's go for 2.5. Small screen score. Neil? 
I'm going to give this a five out of five because uh, I think, as Helen mentioned, it does feel like an extended TV episode sometimes. And so it doesn't lose anything from watching it on your TV, bearing in mind I, I don't even think it did have a cinema release in the UK anyway. David? Echo that. Maybe not give it a five, maybe a 4.5. I was going to mention, did it did it have a... Which, which one do you want? Five or 4.5? I'll go for 4.5. <laughs> Of the 4.5, to be clear. So it didn't even have a cinema release. It had a couple of festival appearances, but I don't think it went on general. Yeah, so it's very much only been seen on the small screen. So, yeah, 4.5. Yeah, but if you were to see it again, would you prefer to see it? I know you don't like cinema, so everything's going to be a <laughs> you five know my, you. Yeah, you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Helen? Yeah, I mean, absolutely a five. I mean, you've got no choice, have you? You've got to watch it at home. I mean, you could watch it on a projector and hire some rowdy kids to come around and throw popcorn at your head and something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to ask David the question I bailed out of because I know he doesn't like cinema, but I know you do. If it was on at the cinema, how likely would you be to watch it? I'd definitely go and see it, yeah. I don't know. I'd need to see the trailer. <laughs> I think the trailer would be, because the thing is, it doesn't have anyone in that I know or like, so it would be a bit of a wild card. So I'm not sure. 100% would watch it at home. I'm like TBC if I'd have decided to go and see it at the cinema. I'm not sure it's worth £11.20. Yikes. I'm going to go for a five as well. I don't think I would have cared that much to see it at the cinema. I mean, I'm not that big on werewolves, unless they're used for comedy effects. I, I never find them scary. I just find them a bit like, Really? I always like the first transformation See, I always like to see how they do that. And then after that, it kind of, it's kind of a bit like, well, you've, you've done the interesting bit now. Now you're just like a, a man dog or just like or some kind of wolf. So I wouldn't have gone to the cinema to see this, I don't think. Maybe, yeah, five. That was a long five. Engagement score, Neil. I would give it a, a bit lower, three out of five, only because I have seen it three times now. And like you say, how difficult would it be for you to turn off the film once you started watching it? And the last time I did watch it for the pod, I did end up doing it in two sittings. Mm -hmm. Purely because I was like, I need to watch it one more time. And then I was like, and I just did those off in it. I think it's one of those things, if it was on in the background, or I don't think I'd go out of my way to watch it again now, but say I was staying in a hotel and it didn't have Netflix or anything connected up and this was on ITV2 or something at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night and it was halfway through, I'd probably leave it on. Dave? I give it about a 3.8. I had to rewind it a couple of times just to hear a certain quippy line of dialogue, mainly because like those sort of moments happen so quickly, mainly because I was starting to drift. Now my attention was starting to go to what the dog was doing or something like that, and I wasn't fully invested in what was happening on screen. So I had to like, oh, damn it, I missed that bit. I have to rewind it. That happened like two or three times. But on the whole, because, because again, it's such a short film, pacing of it's pretty good. It doesn't necessarily, it hasn't got any real lows. It, it keeps you pretty standardly on track. So yeah, 3.8. Helen? I forgot to say on my recommendability. So sometimes we, when you watch it for the first time, you get your percentage recommendation. And mine was 74 on this one, which I think was probably, probably about right on that. So I think I'm going to go for a three for engagement. It's so light and breezy and it's not quite complex in terms of like the whodunit werewolfy thing so a good solid three yeah i think three as well a couple of weekends ago i was looking for some films and tv to watch whilst i was making some lego and this is like that kind of perfect a bit like there's something going in the background you can kind of dial in a bit more if you need to or just like zone into the the fiddly lego bit that you're working on so this i need more of these kind of films because i've got some more lego projects coming in, <laughs> in, the, in the way 
in the coming weeks. So more of these, please. That gives an overall score of 3.82500, which is about where I thought it was going to be. It's um, pretty good. Yeah, pretty decent, pretty decent. Okay, thank you very much. So to everyone who's listening, do follow us on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. And of course, follow us because we do talk about films and Netflix in general. And then also, every time we do a record, we ask for your views and your opinions as well so look out for a tweet like this saying something similar to we're reviewing werewolves within with neil and david from needed roads have you seen it tells your thoughts and your score out of five for some reason there's a camera there five stars for an on-air shout out on flicks watcher and normally accompanied by a little tiny gif so we had one response so neil can you take this one because this, this is your film yeah um russell bailey said a delightful charmer funny tense great cast would pair nicely with the wolf of snow hollow this is the best video game film out there and we got four little emojis of a wolf. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, Neil, David, can you tell us where we can find you online? Tell us where we can find your podcast again. And we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Yeah, so we're at Needed Roads on Twitter. And the podcast is We Needed Roads, because all the other best Back to the Future puns were already taken for podcast names when we did ours. We're pretty much on all the regular, you know, just search for us on Google. We're on all the different podcast apps. We're everywhere pretty much now. The main ones are Spotify and Apple. Or whichever app you're listening to this on, it'll be on here as well. So just don't go to a different app. Just stay with this one. Scroll down or type needed roads and they'll come up. And I say, I run our Twitter account. I'm quite active on there on a daily basis. And David runs our Instagram account, which has got quite a few cobwebs on it. When he remembers. When he remembers. (laughs) Is the answer to that. Fair enough. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you very much, whoever's listening, Jasper and friends. See you later on. Bye. Bye. Thanks for going. Cheers. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Rockwood Audio's editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Rockwood, R O K K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.